Chapter 18 of The Clue of the Silken Ladder by Mildred A. Worth Benson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Cheryl Adams, Skowhegan, Maine, 2016. Chapter 18 The Bell Tower. Jerry fell into step with Penny. As they walked along, she told him of her conversation with Mr. Kano. I believe this man we're following is the same one who entered our house last night she declared he's the same build as the fellow i grabbed besides he fits kano's description of the person who bought the silken ladder here's hoping you're right replied jerry if i muff this assignment i may wake up looking for another job fearing that the man ahead would discover he was being followed jerry and penny dropped farther and farther behind presently they saw him enter a pawn shop i know that place commented jerry it's run by Spike Weiser, a notorious fence. He buys stolen goods and gets rid of it at a profit. Has a swell home on Claremont Drive. Why don't the police arrest him? Oh, they watch the place, but Spike is too smart to be caught. He has a system for handling hot goods. I'll venture some of the coal loot was sold through him, Jerry. It wouldn't surprise me but if the police search the place they won't find a thing loitering on the opposite side of the street penny and the reporter kept close watch of the pawnbroker's shop thirty minutes elapsed the man whom they had trailed did not reappear he must have slipped out the back door jerry remarked probably knew he was being watched i'm beginning to think so myself jerry glanced at his watch I can't take any more time, he said. I'll have to get back to the office. I'll watch for a few minutes longer, answered Penny. If anything develops, I'll try to telephone. Jerry walked hurriedly away. Scarcely had he disappeared when the door of the pawn shop opened and the young man who had entered a half hour earlier appeared. Penny hastily moved back into the vestibule of an office building. Without observing her, the stranger crossed the street and walked briskly toward an intersecting boulevard. There was no opportunity for Penny to telephone the star office. Following, she was hard-pressed to keep the man within view. Not until they reached the entrance of Butternut Lane did it dawn upon her that the Celestial Temple might be their destination. Then, indeed, her pulse stepped up a pace. "'It's exactly as I guessed,' she thought triumphantly. He's connected with Al Gepper and the other mediums. Not wishing to attract attention in the deserted lane, Penny took a shortcut through the cemetery, emerging at the rear of the Celestial Temple. There was no door on that side of the building, but a window had been left raised. Placed beneath it, as if for her particular convenience, was a large rock. Penny stood on it, peering into the temple. The room was unoccupied. However, as she waited, the same man she had trailed quietly let himself in through the front entrance using a key. He glanced around and called in a low voice, Pete, Pete, anyone here? There was no answer, which seemed to please the young man. He moved quickly down the aisle and crossed the platform to a door which opened into the bell tower. Kneeling, he began to fit keys into the lock, seeking one which would serve. As Penny watched, the young man suddenly straightened. Apparently, he had heard footsteps in the vestibule, for he moved away from the bell tower door. 
A middle-aged woman with dyed hair and skin of an unusual pallor entered the temple. She stopped short as she saw the young man. You here, Slippery? she commented, gazing at him with distrust. Where's Pete? Hello, Sade. I was wondering about Pete myself. Just got here a minute ago. The woman's gaze fastened upon the key which had been left in the bell tower door. Say what's coming off here, she demanded. You were trying to get inside. Now don't ruffle your feathers, Sade, the man said soothingly. I was only testing the door to make sure it was locked. I'll bet. You were aiming to break in. Slippery, they sure named you right. Why, you double-cross your own mother. Oh, quiet down, the man retorted angrily. I only came here to make sure Pete was on the job. The lazy loafer has skipped out and left the place unguarded. The woman deliberately seated herself in a chair beside the bell tower door. I'm parking here until Pete shows up, she announced. Maybe you're on the square, Slippery, but I don't trust you. Thanks for your flattering opinion, the man responded mockingly. You give me a pain, Sade. I do all the dangerous work, and what do I get? A measly ten percent. Plus what you stick in your pocket when you're on a job, the woman shot back with rising anger. You've been doing pretty well for yourself, Slippery, you and Al. But the boys are getting wise. From now on, it may not be so easy. Better play fair with the rest of us, or else. You always did have a wagging tongue, the man retorted, always trying to stir up trouble. Don't you realize we've got to work together, or we'll be jailed separately. Our ranks must be united. Getting sort of jittery, ain't ya? Maybe you haven't been reading those editorials in the Star. Sure, I read them and get a big laugh. This guy Parker just has to blow off steam. Nothing will come of it. The police have visited this place once already. And what did they find? Nothing. That's no guarantee they won't try again. I tell you, this town is getting too hot for comfort. Figuring on blowing? the woman inquired, watching him shrewdly. Slippery's laughter had an unpleasant edge. Ha, <laughs> ha! You sure get ideas, Sade. Don't start peddling that line of talk, understand? I hear. Suddenly losing his temper, the man strode nearer, seizing her arm. Just start something and see where you wake up, he said harshly. One word to Pete or any of the boys, and you won't do any more pretty fortune-telling. The woman jerked her arm free, gazing at the man in sullen silence. Nor did she speak as he left the temple, slamming the door behind him. End of chapter 18